I want to, um, because we were at camp last week and there were so many who weren't there and yet we had just the fattest time out there. It was um, just a real time of celebration and, and building of relationships and so forth. And uh, so I'm going to give a little bit of a rehash on the message that I brought last week and then I'm going to bring a part two to what I spoke last week. So, open your Bibles. John 1.12 says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. What a powerful statement. Regardless of what our, our natural family experience might be, Regardless of whether we've had a, a horrendous family upbringing, and so what that does is it, it taints the way that we look at family, doesn't it? It affects the way that we look at family, and so we, if we've had a terrible upbringing, we may not want to be part of the family of God because of our family experience. I want to encourage you to, to, to step out of that because the thing that um, qualifies you for being a part of the family of God is that you receive Jesus Christ. That's, that's the qualifying thing. And so regardless of what background you have had in your own family life here today, the good news is, is that you're received in the family of God because of what Jesus Christ has done. To all who receive Jesus, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. What a fantastic truth. And Psalm 68 goes on and says that he is a father to the fatherless. He gives justice to the widows, for he is holy and he gives families to the lonely and releases prisoners from jail, causing them to come forth with singing, joyful songs. So one of the things that we talked about at camp last week was the, the purpose that God has for us. He has wonderful plans and purposes for us. And families at the outset were his idea, and so his plan and purpose for each one of us is to belong to a family. So God's desire for us is to be part of a family and begin to build on that foundation. And so we build with vision. You know that when you know where you're going, when you know what God has established for you, the great news is, is that you know your end from your beginning. We know our end and it's, it's going to be better than our beginning. And so if you started this life gloriously, guess what? your end is going to be even more glorious when you continue to walk in, in what God has um, given you to do and to be. When we build with vision, we can establish a, a, a clear set of values. And when we 
have this clear set of values, it, it actually establishes a sense of agreement among us. And it creates a climate of unity. Unity in our families, unities in the wider family, the body of Christ. Vision helps us to walk toward the God-revealed goals and responsibilities that he's given us as his family. And you know, when, when God gets involved in our life, the good thing is, is that we begin to live from a, a, a different perspective. And so we begin to live from a perspective of heaven to earth, not earth to heaven. From heaven to earth, there's this invitation that we come up higher. From earth to heaven, there's this, oh gee, I hope I'm presenting everything as good as I can to, to, to be worthy. But from the perspective of heaven to earth, it's gracious, it's merciful. And incredible things can begin to happen with that perspective. We build with courage. Proverbs 28.1 says, The wicked flee, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as lions. We can be bold, we can be confident because of, of what God has done for us. Our boldness comes through faith in Jesus Christ. It's not something that we have to try and, and perform. It's actually something that we receive through faith in Jesus Christ. It establishes us. His victory, what he did on the cross, gives us boldness and authority in his name. The fact that he rose again gives us this victory. The fact that he said that he will never leave us nor forsake us gives us victory. He's with us to the end of the age. We can also build with generosity. Proverbs 11.24 says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. If you want your family to grow, and if you want this church family to grow, then we need to be generous with our time with our finances, with our abilities. You know, generosity is such a wonderful thing. And I, I, I take great joy in the fact that this is a generous house. This is a generous family. Generous families, they're life-giving when they speak. The Bible says that life and death are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat of its fruit. So when we speak life, we will see life in our own families and in our own life. Generous families are servant leaders. By building what Jesus cares about and by living for something bigger than ourselves. I tell you what, to live just in, the, in, the, in your own circle is so small. But when you... When you increase into ever-increasing realms, your life just gets so much larger. You know, the opportunity that we have to minister into our community, the opportunity that we have to minister one to another here, it's bigger. It's so much bigger than just living for yourself. When we do that, we esteem and honor what is really important. And the first 
First thing is, is that we absolutely love and adore God. Just because who he is. And secondly, that we live to love each other. And when our family, when our children, when our when the world sees this, it actually brings a, a confirmation of whose we are. We represent that which Jesus has given to us. The Bible actually talks about they'll know that they will, the world will know that we are Christians by our love, our love for God and our love for one another. And when the world sees us do this, they actually know that we're different. It's so important that the church be so different to the, to the world. And in, in some circles, you, you might actually wonder, how is, how is the church any different to the world? They're chasing the same things. Well, when, they, when the world knows that we are different to them, it actually inspires them to, to desire what we have. What is it that we have? Authentic relationship. We have authentic relationship with a loving, caring, heavenly Father. We have authentic relationship with one another. And in that is contagious goodness. The family is actually what God has instituted to represent him. He gave us the church, the spiritual family which actually helps us to grow. We get to equip one another for Christian life by the words of encouragement that we speak, by imparting love, by encouraging one another in hope, so there's a wonderful gift in the church. God has put people around us. You know, when he created Adam and he placed him in the garden. I mean, that was the perfect world, wasn't it? But he looked and he saw that it wasn't good that Adam be alone. And so at the very outset, God saw that it was good for us to be in relationship. We were made to live in relationship. When you were born physically, you joined the human family, the human race. When you were born again, as I said earlier on, it's that relationship with Jesus that brings us into the family of God. When you're born physically, you become part of the human race but you don't become part of a family until someone decides to take you home from the hospital. True? You can be a part of God's family of believers, but you need a local family where you can contribute and be given to and receive support. Now, I guess the point that I want to I make here is that the Christian life is not just a matter of, of believing. It includes belonging, being a part 
of the family of God. It's interesting, you know, um, we've talked often about who speaks from this pulpit amongst our leadership. And one of the keys that we determine as to who speaks in here is that they need to be part of a local church family. It's, it's something that is really important to us, that they're, they're part of that wider family. They have that accountability. They're not just a lone ranger out doing their own thing. Saying, I want to be a Christian and not be part of any church family, I believe, is like saying, hey man, I want to play football, but I'm not going to join any team. How, how do you play a team sport if you're not going to join the team? You can't. So in that way, a church family helps equip me for life. You know, I I, I look at it and I I think, um, you know, in in the world's sense, if you... If you get married and it doesn't work, well, it happens in the church as well. If, if you get married and it doesn't work, what do they do? They walk away. There's no sense of commitment. In the world's sense, if you, if you get a, 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 a bum steer at work, then, hey, I'm out of here, man. I'm not going to play this game. I'm taking me marbles and I'm going. So a church family equips me for life because it builds me, it helps me to overcome all of those obstacles that I I guess want to steal from us. We've often heard of people who have walked through very challenging times, who've been hurt by other people. And yet, you know, in in the life of the church, we see how people overcome those those differences and they work at those differences because of the sense of connection, because of the, the, the commonality of being born again, of what Jesus has done. So the church will help me keep my focus on God. It helps me build commitment to something bigger than myself. When I come in corporate worship, it can bring a greater sense of edification than what I might experience at home. And it's important to worship at home as well. But, you know, when I, when I come here and, and I join with other people, there is just something so edifying in that that it gives me something to take home and to, to continue to build in my personal walk with Jesus. The fact that we get to fellowship with other believers, it edifies our relationships. It builds them and, and, and makes them stronger. The teaching and the inspiration, revelation that we receive as we come together and sit under the spoken word. There's impartation that is given that we can actually have as a, as, as a takeaway, as a, as a take-home thing that we can uh, implement into our lives. Being part of a church 
Family will help me face the problems that I face in life. I don't know if you've noticed it yet or not, but life can be tough. Life, life can dish up some pretty severe curved balls. But the good news is, is that we weren't meant to face it on our own. That's why we have each other. And so the church family should be one of, of protection, of encouragement, of edification, building up, not tearing each other down. I don't know about you, but the last week for me is, you know, it, it, it's had some, some pretty challenging times, but at the same time, I've, I've experienced incredible victories as I've walked through those challenges. So, you know, when we get discouraged, one of the encouragements that I like to give to people who are feeling discouraged is to get around some encouraging people. The Bible, the Bible says, don't hang around an angry person lest you become like them. Well, the same principle works. If you want to get encouraged or you want to begin to walk in a sense of victory and encouragement, just begin to hang around some encouraging people. And you'll, you'll feel that, that lift that it brings to your life because they're encouraging you and not dragging you down. You know, you use the, to, to use a, a good illustration, the, the, the campfire illustration of a bunch of hot coals in the fire together. You pull one of those coals out and set it to the side. It doesn't take long before it stops to burn. It doesn't burn bright anymore. And all the ones who are still in the campfire just continue to support each other in that, in that flame. The good news is, though, that you can grab that, that coal that is cold, put it back in the fire, and it will begin to burn just as brightly as the others. We need each other to give each other support. Another thing that being part of a church family does that, that from personal experience is it develops my faith. We need to have our faith reinforced on a regular basis. You've heard the saying, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. It's so important to have those people around us that are keeping us true to what we stand for. You know, I, I know that if, if I do something wrong, it's not that I've got a dibby-dobber over my shoulder, you know, pointing out all my faults, but I've actually got people who love, genuinely love me and want me to display my best. That's right. And so I'm never short of being told where to go and what to do or how to do it. Praise God for, 
family. In Hebrews 6, it it encourages us to um, go on and become mature. To, To grow in our understandings of biblical concepts, of biblical truth, of relational things. So how do you grow spiritually? Well, great way to begin is to begin to read the Word of God. That'll grow you up because the Word of God is like a mirror that we look into that actually reveals the errors, the ways that aren't aligning up to the to the standard that Jesus set. And from the Word of God, we actually we get perspective and we begin to see life from God's point of view rather than a world standard point of view. That's a healthy thing. To actually come into where you see things from a God perspective and not from a worldly perspective. I think we need this more than ever in, in the current climate that we of, of where we're walking. We need to know what is truth. Edith was uh, listening to a message by Chris Valentin this week and, and you know, he made this, this statement that he no longer listens to any secular media because he can't trust them. He can't trust them. It's from growing in, in, in that perspective, that godly perspective, that we actually develop convictions. And those beliefs and core values that actually have an outworking that change our behavior. See, the Christian life is a life of growth. Ephesians 3.10 says that God's intent was that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. I've got that circled in my Bible. Through the church, through you and me, God is revealed. Being part of a church family helps me find my ministry and mission. We've been made unique. He's given you gifts. He's given you things that you're really good at, that others might really suck at. He's given you a heart and a passion. There's things that you love to do that others hate. And there's things that others hate to do that you just, it just floats your boat. He's given us each different abilities. Maybe you're good with with speaking to people. He's given you the gift of the gab so that you can actually lead people and and, and direct people through your your words. Maybe he's given you a, a gift like Edith has where numbers are really important. 
It's not my thing. But Edith likes to work with numbers. I'm more a fellow who will work with things. I'm good with my hands. I know my strengths. I know what I'm not good at. I don't organize. Or maybe your gift is with getting beside people. Encouraging them. It might be one-on-one. It might be speaking to a group. But we've all got different abilities and, and the church needs the releasing of those abilities for us to flourish. God has shaped us uniquely because he wants us to make a contribution. To actually make an impact into the world. Not just continue to to suck the oxygen from it and die. Wherever you use your talents and your abilities, that's your sphere of influence. That's your ministry place or your ministry space. The concept that to be in ministry is restricted to pastors in a church is is so diminishing. We want to expand the kingdom. If If that's relegated to be my responsibility as the senior leader of this church, then we're not going to go far. But if we work collaboratively as a as a as a as a fellowship of believers, as a body of believers, we'll actually input into right across the Gold Coast, even beyond. I mean, Helen has influence all the way over in Sweden. I I can't do that. But collaboratively, we have this opportunity of where we impact the world. We influence the world where we live. So be prepared to identify your giftings, identify your talents, and begin to utilize them in the body, in the family of God. In closing... We as our community are actually a brand new church. We've we've combined two communities and married them to make them one so that we can actually collaborate with the giftings that was in Set Free and the giftings that was in Crossing Point. We merged them together. We, we married them together to produce a greater strength of how we can impact the kingdom and advance the kingdom of God. We're only five months old. We're babies. We're fresh. It's, it's a new beginning. So we're in the infancy stages of, of re-establishing, 
re-establishing what our vision is. We're in the infancy stages of um, redefining the, the core values of what this family really stands for, what, what is of immense value to us. And of course, we, we're passionate about reviewing from a biblical view, a biblical perspective of what the church should really be. Because it's, it's so easy to get caught up in the, the, the contemporary expressions of church. And, and, and those presentations can often, they, they just cater um, to the needs of people. Yes, we want to meet the needs of people. But that's not first and foremost for us. I truly believe that as our community, our, our passion and our heart is to actually have a need for God and his presence in our lives. And I know that if we do that, if we pursue God with all of our hearts, if we have that incredible need for, for God to impact our world, then guess what? As God impacts our world, the needs of the people are going to be met. It will, it will be an automatic flow-on thing. In building our community, you know, one of, the, one of the things that we've been looking at is how Nehemiah rebuilt the wall. Jerusalem was in ruins. And Nehemiah set out to rebuild the wall. He built with incredible intent. And as he did that, he invited families to be part of the rebuilding process. And as he invited families to come, they were positioned along the wall in various places with various responsibilities. Their responsibility was to look after their section of the wall and rebuild it. Each family played their part. Each family was responsible for the the building of their section of the wall. So collaboratively, the wall got built. You know, the wall got built in record time. 52 days it took to build that wall. Incredible. That is the power of people walking together in unity, people collaboratively using their gifts, their strengths, their abilities. I mean, when, when the Tower of Babel was built, was, began, what did God say? We need to confuse these guys because it just goes to show that if they're in unity, they can do anything. So collaboratively, the wall got built. So I want to, I want to pose to you that we have an opportunity, a fresh opportunity in this body of believers. 
And it's not only a, an opportunity. I actually believe it's a responsibility as well to be good stewards of the, the very things that God has given to us, the very things that God has developed in us. You know, we've all, we've all been on different journeys. Some of us have walked through incredible hardships to be where we are today. And you know what? I, I applaud the fact that you're, you're still in church. You're still um, desiring to be part of a, a, a church family, even though perhaps you've been chewed up and spat out by the church. And see, that's what the, the, the greater love for who God is, that's what happens when you have that greater love for, for God. You're able to overcome all the obstacles that are actually designed to to separate you and to isolate you and to leave you as fodder for the enemy. What has God placed inside your heart? What has God placed inside you? How has he developed you so that you can be a part of this family here. It's not our responsibility to build the church. Jesus said that that's his job. He will build his church. We just need to be available for him to use us. So in, in closing... Perhaps you've had some major obstacles. Perhaps you've, you've come to be a part of our, our community and, and you're excited. You're jazzed. That, wow, this is a, this is a fresh new thing. Regardless, it takes commitment. It takes a resolve in your heart to be willing to walk towards, I guess, the calling of God that is over your life and be obedient in fulfilling that. So I want to encourage us. Will you be a part? And this is, this is not a membership drive or a... a uh, assign the dotted line thing. We don't do that here. But it is an invitation. It's an invitation for you to actually respond to the call of God that is on your life. If you haven't fully identified it as yet, then can I say that by plugging into a local church family, you will identify it. And so it's an invitation to step up to the plate. Maybe you may need to repent, change your mind 
about certain things that have affected you in the past. Maybe you're really gung-ho. Regardless, God wants to use you. Let's stand. I want to pray and release blessing. You know, I love how Abraham became the channel of blessing for the nations of the earth in Genesis 12. We can actually lay hold of that blessing. I believe that we are blessed in order to be a blessing. So, Father, over this company of people here today, God, we ask that your blessing would be just released upon us. God, that our focus would not be on selfish things, Lord, but that it would be on the greater things of how you have equipped us, how you have given us the victory. Lord, of how we can lay hold of every good and perfect gift that you have for us. And Lord, that we can lay hold of what it means to be family. First and foremost, in the family of God because of what Jesus Christ has done. And secondly, where you have placed us in families so that we can have effect, so that we can contribute. Lord, we say today that we are willing. Lord, our desire is is to be used of you, to be a blessing to the kingdom of God and to this fellowship. Use us however you will, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, if you, if you want prayer today, maybe, maybe something that I've said has, has pricked in you questions as to how you can walk towards what God has for your life. I would love the opportunity to pray for you. Just so that you can hear perhaps the, the clarity of what God is saying over your life. We're finished. Um, it's so good to have you in the house today. We're going to have tea and coffee and, uh, and goodies at the back.